Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, my name is Kung Lee, former Strike Force Middleweight Champion, star of Codename the Dragon and Europe Raiders. This is a Kung Fu Drive In podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive In podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> My special guest tonight is Kung Lee, uh, multiple championships in uh, several classes in the MMA world, actor, writer, producer. Kung, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Listen, I first became aware of you as the uh, the bronze line in the RZA Kung Fu epic, uh, The Man with the Iron Fists, which was, which was great. You started popping up more and more in some other movies like Pandorum and uh, Bodyguards and Assassins. But before all that film work, you had a, a successful career as a fighter in the kickboxing and MMA circuit. So first question, in The Man with the Iron Fists, is it true that your hair fought you for screen time? Actually, my hair didn't fight me for screen time. Uh, it fought me for sleep time because <laughs> I had to wake up extra early to get that wig put on. That was an impressive wig, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually try to keep it afterwards, but uh, that didn't happen because I wanted to use it for Halloween. But, um <laughs> The producer said no. Oh, so, oh well. Well, hopefully it's got a nice life somewhere right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what is your background? Um, where'd you grow up? And how did that lead you into martial arts in the first place? Well, I was born in Vietnam, 1972, uh, a week before the fall of Saigon. My mother's side of the family uh, left Saigon, Vietnam, now Ho Chi Minh City, uh, basically under gunfire. Wow. And uh, we left by helicopter and uh, basically got... Our, made our way to the Philippines, where you're from. Yes. And we're in a refugee camp out there for about three months. And um, since my grandfather was a former chief of police, as he would be a colonel's rank in the in the military over here, they basically um, got him uh, out safe. And um, and we were in the Philippines. Then we moved. We went from the Philippines to Guam to another refugee camp. We stayed there for about a month and we got a sponsor in Monterey, California. Mm -hmm. And we stayed there for, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but then eventually we, my grandfather made enough money, uh, working for the government, uh, and bought a house in San Jose. And we are the typical family that has, you know, 13, 14, uh, you know, with a four-bedroom house, which was really good at the time, but my grandparents and had their own room. My great-grandmother had her own room, so wow. the brothers and sister, the brothers in one room, the sisters in the other, and right, right. I was stuck with all my aunts. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely uh, do recall some, uh, you know, moments and where you know the uncles or the aunts would always flip their eyelids to scare me you know <laughs> like this you know i just remember that and a few times i spit in their face and oh. and uh, you know <laughs> you know i'm one of those kids that you know whether i'm throwing punches throwing spit <laughs> i'm gonna fight back some one way or another it's got to be an asian thing um yeah i am filipino i i, uh, I was actually born in laos uh Vientiane, laos 
the flipping your eyelids, that's definitely an Asian thing because I do that now to scare my kids and it's it's always funny. This is so wrong. <laughs> All right. Okay, so uh your your MMA record, nine and three. Your your kickboxing record seventeen and zero. Sancho record sixteen and zero. No, uh, it's kickboxing and Sancho as a pro all together. Uh, oh, it 17 is. And 0. Oh, yeah. 17 and 0. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, now, gotcha. as an amateur, I've had like well over 80 fights. I, you know, I lost track because, you know, every time you go to a, a tournament, you're fighting three, four, five times, you know, each tournament. Oh, right. Okay. And I used to go as much as I could, um, you know, starting in 1993. Uh, but in 93, I didn't start Sancho yet, but. Um, I, I was doing full, you know, full contact. Then uh, even d- done a bunch of Taekwondo like tournaments. And then in '94, uh, that's w- when I just uh, broke onto the scene. Went to U.S. Opens and fought Sancho there. Won two weight divisions, and then then uh, got an I- invite to the nationals. Won nationals. Uh, had four fights there, uh, three or four fights, I can't remember. And then, then U.S. team trials, I had uh, two fights uh, to make the team. I had a bye in the first round. And then um, at the World Championships, I had, uh, I think, four fights. And I ended up with bronze. Wow. And But, you know, I, I was doing tournaments. Sure. Like, like once or twice a month, like year-round. Wow. You know, it's just like like it was wrestling, you know. Yep. I would go to every single tournament that had full contact and fight in it. Now, can you explain what Sancho is exactly? Sancho or Sanda is a Chinese-style full contact, which includes boxing, kicking low, middle, high, sweeping out the legs, catching the kicks, taking down. When you take someone down, if you go down with them, it's one point. If you have a decent throw and you remain standing, you get two points. If you throw them from feet to back and you still remain standing, that's a three-point throw. And as an amateur, you fought off you fight off a leotide, so you can knock the guy off a one foot platform, and okay. the platform is like twenty six by twenty six. In in Sanda is more like the pro circuit where you fight inside a boxing ring, and uh, you know, kind of like professional, where you you know, there's no headgear, there's no shin pads. You can knee, you can elbow, you can throw, you can souffle, you can catch kick sweep, you know, the whole nine yards. There's the only thing that you can't do is submission. Okay. And uh, throughout all of that, you have multiple championships under your belt. Uh, you were the second Strike Force middleweight champion. Is that correct? Yeah, Frank Shamrock was first, and then, um, uh, and when you introduced me, I actually was doing film and fighting at the same time. And oh wow! I think that because you know, in my first fight, as a, in my first MMA fight, I had finished my first real film called Blitzing Boy. It was produced by a Russian producer. Yes. And, um, you know, th- that film kind of fell apart because the producer and the director uh, got into um, got into it with each other. And um, the, the star of that was supposed to be Mark Dacascos, but he walked off the set for some reason. I don't know exactly what was the reason. But they flew me in when I was coaching the U.S. team in Hanoi, Vietnam, and I had – um, six people in the semifinals, four went on to take bronze medal, and two went on and lost in the finals. Wow. And um, so I was the most successful coach, and they wanted me to fly from um, Hanoi right like right away where there were still two people in the finals, uh, two other people fighting for bronze, and I couldn't do it. And they're like, when can you do it? And I'm like, well, another two days because there's still award ceremony. And so they agreed to it, and you know when it was done, I flew there, uh, flew across country, fl- then went to uh, Toronto, and when I got on set, you know I was like, wow, you know they can pay me twenty 
thousand dollars to be the main fight in the movie this is great i get on set i sign this generic uh form and then uh they introduced me hey welcome this is your new star i'm like new star what do you mean <laughs> and then actually bolo came over to me and says uh uh you have an agent i was like no i don't have an agent <laughs> he's uh you need an agent and uh, you know because uh, you, you know you just got here and you signed something and right yeah they said one thing and it's another your agent's got to take care of that i said well i didn't know i thought i was just gonna come here to be some fighter to get get beat up by the like the main guy in the movie and he's like, nope you're the you're the hero in the movie now so and he's out like, by the way uh um, how much you get paid? I'm like, uh, Tony, how much you get paid? Oh, don't worry about it. You don't want to know how much I'm getting paid because you'll be upset. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, really? And he's, and, he, and he's all, by the way, how'd you fly over here? And I'm like, oh, I flew coach. He's all, ah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get an agent. You should at least be flying business. And he's like, because I heard you flew in from, you know, Vietnam. I'm like, yeah. And he's all, oh, you're not tired at all. I'm like, nah, man. You know, back then I was like, nah, not sorry at all. You know, just a little sleepy and jet lag, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> wow, so, yeah. So that's that's kind of like the the story how it went. That's a, a pretty raw introduction to the business. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> and and to top it off, they're like, "Oh, here's your sides," and I didn't know I had sides. Right, thank God I, I was already taking acting back then. And uh, like, oh, your your first scene with, with uh, tomorrow's at six a.m. with David Carradine. I'm like. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So all night long, I was like, "Holy! I gotta get my lines down because you know this is my real experience, right?" So I finally got all the lines down, and I get to the set, and I, I remember, you know, the teachers always say they should have a table read. They, you know, right. if you don't get with the actor, go run your lines a little bit. So I walked over, Mister, you know, David Carradine, on me. Hey, sir, would you like to go over a read? He's on like, no. I'm like, uh, can you go over your the lines with me? He's on like, what for? This is just a job interview. Just you got to relax here. And he pulls out his flask. He's like, "Take the edge off of it, son." I'm like, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't drink. I'm, you know, I've been, I'm gonna be fighting in like in, in about three and a half weeks. Uh, he's like, "What do you mean you'd be fighting? You'd be fighting in this movie?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm only here for another few more days, and then I'm flying back, back to training camp." And he's like, "Training camp? Oh, you're, you're one of those fighters. Okay, well." Um, here, let me make things easier for you. He's a, uh, you know what a memory bank is? I'm like, uh, yeah. And he's a, uh, well, think of this. In your lifetime, have you cried? Have you laughed? Have you done? And he named off a whole bunch. And I said, yes, 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 yes to every single one of them. He's a, uh, that's in your memory bank. Okay. So in this scene, remember when you told me you went to a job interview and you're a little bit nervous? And and, and I said, yeah. Well, be nervous with me because I'm gonna about to give you a job but you don't know it yet so just act like you don't know what's going to happen and you're hoping that you're going to get a job from me i'm going to ask the questions you answer i'm like so what about these dialogue and he grabs the paper he tears it he's like, <laughs> don't worry about the dialogue i don't even know my dialogue i'm just going <laughs> to ask you the questions and i i kind of know how the scene goes i end up hiring you anyway so we're just gonna freestyle it i'm like oh shit this is how this is acting he's like no this is uh improv son improv and i'm like oh great He's like, you sure you don't want to hit a hit of this uh, uh, drink, uh, whatever? I can't remember what bourbon or whatever yeah. he had. I'm like, uh, I don't drink, sir. He's like, uh, you're 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 missing out. And he <laughs> takes a swig, and I'm like, okay, great. I'm just gonna, I'll just wait till they they cue me up, and then he he said, so what are you here for? Uh, here for the job. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> then that's that's how it started. That's funny. That's hardcore, man. Yeah, that's hardcore. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, well. Speaking of hardcore, what well, you were well known in uh, the fight circuit as a, a devastating power. You, especially with your kicks. Somebody called you the most dynamic striker in the league at one point. What was it about your fight game that made you so successful? I think I just took risk. I went out there and I, you know, I, I trained the way I fight. So in training, I'm throwing these kicks and a lot of times I'm pulling them so I don't hurt my partners. But in a match, I don't have to pull them. The, the one bad side to that is like, you know, sometimes in, in a match, naturally, because you pull your kicks or your, your, your punch is so hard. Uh, I mean, you pull it from being so hard so you don't hurt your, your sparring partner. Sometimes, in, unless you're pissed off at the opponent or you're in that rhythm you're, you're filling him out and you throw something and it could have been a knockout kick or a knockout mm-hmm. punch and then you you threw it and you're you, you kind of went to the gym mode and you know that happened a few times and but i ended up finishing the, the fight anyways because it you know i'm one of those guys that if it worked once and it's going to work again until i'm gonna st- i'm gonna keep doing it until he defends or counters he counters it so i kept doing it until it worked and you know the second time around i caught him and went to sleep or you know a kick or a spinning back kick or even a body slam when i was in the, the sancho circuit i was putting people away with like even scissor kick they would duck into it i broke uh, two cheekbones um doing scissor kick because they ducked down and um you know, and uh, I, I in the finals at the U.S. Open, I hit uh, the scissor kick and I hit the guy in the the liver, and he went he, like he didn't get up from it. Yeah, and, you know, those body shots always look so devastating because uh, when they land, the opponent kind of has maybe a, a half a second to kind of take stock of things before they just crumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, uh, and and also a lot of times when I was training, I would I wouldn't wrap my hands a lot, and so. Half the times I'm like bruising my hand or something. So I always like hesitated to throw like with power. So I'm always using my punches to sit up my kicks. Mm. And then, then, then when I got to MMA, um, you know, I got with, you know, the right coaches, Javier Mendez, Scott Sheely, and they taught me how to sit on my punch. And I, when I started sitting on my punch, I was just knocking people out with the punching, you know, and pretty much my first six fights uh in uh, strike force and in in mma was all knockouts and wow. i guess four or five of them were by um by the punch wow sounds so brutal i mean it is brutal <laughs> yeah it's a brutal sport <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that then when you decided to make that transition from the sport to the silver screen on a more full-time basis, how did that decision come to you? Did it evolve naturally? I mean, or was it one of those things where you're kind of in the middle of a fight and you, you see that punch coming at you in slow motion and you think to yourself, hmm, maybe now's a good time to think about acting? No, not at all. I think how that happened is my first couple fights in uh, in MMA um, was like first round knockouts and I finally had a, a three-round fight and it, it was aired on Showtime mm-hmm. and... Um, it was against Tony Fricklin, and I guess after the fight, I had a couple Hollywood managers reach out to me and um, ask, request for uh, meetings, and I went down there and I met uh, with uh, my agent now and then uh, a manager that I'm no longer with, and um, basically two weeks later, they had me go to an audition for a Channing Tatum movie called Fighting, and I, you know, I booked my first job, and I think my first three auditions i got them all you know without you know i i landed every part um 
you know, just because the skill set of punching, kicking, I can do flips. And then, then the, the one, my third audition was called Pandorum and I didn't have to do any flips. I didn't have to do any kicks. I had to deliver dialogue and, you know, I put a lot of hard work into it and the, the, the role was written for a Japanese and they didn't find the, uh, an Asian character physical enough for the role. So they opened it up to having me read for it in Vietnamese. And so I read for the role with Vietnamese and, and, uh, before I got to the parking lot, as I got up to um, to the car, you know, I re- got a text, call me, call me, call me. So um, that was from my agent. And I, as soon as I drove out um, of the garage and got better reception, I called him up and he says, all right, they're going to make an offer. Congratulations. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, well, within a, 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 you know, a few months later, I was off to Berlin and I was over there for two and a half months. And. And, and then from there, my next one, I didn't have to audition for. It was uh, um, a Bill Kong a produced movie, and Wu Ping was the director called True Legends. Wow. And then the one after that was Bodyguards and Assassin, yeah. and that's what took me away from the fight game. It was just like movie after movie after ah, movie. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those opportunities where I knew, yeah, I, I had a great fight against Frank, and I can continue to keep, you know, winning and defending my title, but what am I going to do after my fighting career? Sure. You know, so I, I had to make that decision. Hey, so do I take this job? This is a huge role in China. Uh, working with Donnie Yin would be huge, you know, and then working with Master Wu Ping and Bill Kong is huge. And then, uh, you know, coming off Pandorum, you know, I was away for two and a half months. And then it was just like project after project after project. And, uh, you know, I realized, holy crap, you know, I've been away from the sport for, you know, 18 months now mm-hmm. and going on two years. And, uh, you know, uh, it's like, man, uh, you know, a lot of people want me to come back, but I, I haven't been training like a fighter for almost two years. And then Scott Coker's like, hey, I need you. Um, I need a main event for December. Uh, I need you. I said, uh, you know, uh, I I haven't been training. This leaves me seven weeks and I haven't done really anything. And he's all, look, I'm going to give you a big pay bump. I said, whoa, that's a pretty big pay bump. Uh, <laughs> let me let me train two weeks he's on all you you train a couple days you gotta let me know because i have to promote it wow and so that was my fight against scott smith where i went out there and dominated and got gassed out in the uh, you know at the end and got caught and you know that was the last round and you know as as you remember that fight i was dominating from uh, second one to the very last second before i got hit and i think i was trying to impress too much i was trying to do pull everything throw everything at him and the kitchen sink at him and you know that uh, scott smith was tough as nails but at the same time you know my strikes were not pinpoint accurate like it usually was but i was hitting i was hitting everything and when i did that when he when he he flew from one of my spinning back kicks from the middle of the ring into the fence Mm -hmm. i jumped on him and started punching and after like 50 punches i was like holy shit my lungs and my arms are on fire and i I looked up at the ref i'm like are you gonna stop this or not you know and then uh, and and i was like still punching him and then when he got up i was like oh my god i'm so tired now right and then we went to the second round and i was like you know they're still dominating but i was like oh my god i poker face poker face poker face you know usually you know i just let everything flow but i was i was trying to 
force myself to it. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to the third round. And then I just remember I told Javier, I'm like, we should have done more cardio. Uh, I'm so tired, <laughs> right? And he's like, get out there and don't, you know, just just get, score points. And that's all you need to do. Um, and, and I went out there and I tried to knock him out. And uh, I guess there was like, you know, like two minutes left. Yeah. And I, I just, I picked him up and slammed him up on the fence, but he grabbed the fence. I still got the takedown, but like, as soon as I pulled away, I was like, I think I shouldn't have done that because I spent with, I spent way too much energy yeah. picking him up yeah. and trying to slam him So the crowd would keep screaming. Right. And then, uh, I was just so winded and he barely clipped me and I was like, Hey, I'm falling down. What's going on? Oh. I was just <laughs> exhausted. Yeah. And, then, and then he started punching me on the ground. So I tried to stand back up. I should have just like, you know, I'm not one of those fighters. I'm gonna pull guard, right? Uh, but I should just like double legged him or something again, and you know, try to hold him down and 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 just get through the last two minutes. But instead, I got up. I'm gonna try to punch it out with him. And next thing I know, the referee stopped it. I'm wow. like, shit, I'm not out. I just my nose is broken, but I'm not out. Oof. You know, so you're a warrior, man. You're a warrior. But uh, I mean, you were also stretched really thin by that point. I mean, oh yeah, I was like, I was running on fumes. Yeah. Um, yeah, my lungs were done, like burning and my muscles were spent. Wow. You know, uh, to play off of that, um, to go back to the acting a little bit, when you started getting r- these roles, did you find that there were certain expectations of you since you were a martial artist or were there certain roles that you were drawn to or were there more of a certain kind of role, uh, being offered to you? Um, and, and, you know, a lot of that too is you know, you're Asian. So roles for us aren't really all that plentiful in, in Hollywood right now. You know, um, uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Sam Medina, but he's he's actually Vietnamese, right? He changed his name because he, was getting, he wasn't getting any parts because there was not enough parts. He, he, he can pass for uh, Japanese, he can pass for Mexican, he can pass for even Vietnamese. It's just how he does his hair, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, I was like... When I when I was part of Dragon Eyes, he he I was supposed to cast a big dude called Biggie, and he was supposed to be a big Mexican guy. I was like, "You're not that big, man." Um, and uh, and then he's all, "Oh, you know, um, I just it's hard to get parts." You know, I'm like, "What do you mean? You know, you're you know Mexican? I'm sure there's a lot of Mexican parts, right?" He's like, "No, no, I'm actually Vietnamese." He starts, he starts talking to me in Vietnamese. I'm like, "Holy shit! Wow, this is crazy." Excuse my Vietnamese. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to swear on your show or not. No, but, it's totally fine. Um, um, you know, just from that, I'm like, you know what? This guy is struggling. I'm going to give him a shot, you know, because I was casting the part f- right. for that. Because when I came on set, they're like, hey, I'm like, who's the fight coordinator there? They're like, you, you're going to need one. I'm like, I'll be the fight coordinator. And I'm like, where are my stunt guys? Uh, you're going to have to go cast them. All right. Then I have to go cast them. And oh, by the way, you need to cast these three parts, by the way. I'm like, oh, shit, really? Okay. Then <laughs> I'll cast that too, you know? So I just learned, like, by school of hard docs and, you know, uh, and you know the fight scenes in that movie was like um, the the winner of like uh, the action fest fight fe- as a scene, and my fight scene actually beat out a, a re- renowned fight coordinator, and he's my friend JJ Perry. JJ Perry that year won best fight coordinator, but or best fight choreographer, and then my fight scene won best fight scene, and his fight scene that was nominated for for that was the Gina Carano versus Michael Fassbender. In a Steven Soderbergh movie, um, Haywire. Oh yeah, and uh, and then like I was like, oh yeah, there's no way we're gonna win, or even you know we'll probably come in third, right? And then um, yeah, I was there to give her her 
Chuck Norris Award because Chuck Norris is the one who hosted the show. Right. And then, um, so I was supposed to give 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 her the award. So I was sitting there, and they're like, um, you know, like uh, in third place, uh, Haywire. I'm like, Haywire took third. Holy shit! What what movie took first? And you know, and then because uh, I knew the raid had just came out, and um, and but the raid didn't make the cut, right? Because right. the date it's for next year, right? So I was like, okay, it's not the raid. So what is it? And they're like, in second place, uh, the the warehouse scene in Dragon Eyes. I'm like, holy shit, we took second. That's this cool. is awesome. And this was like a panel of like where Rotten Tomatoes and all the, the, the film critics, they used them to pick the fight scenes, right? right. And then, um, and I'm like, oh, man, I wonder who's first place there. And I, I'm curious. In first place, the street fighting scene in, in Dragon Eyes. I'm like, holy crap, we, we took first. So I went up there. I got I got the you know best action scene award. And then I, I sat back down. And they're like, oh, um, you know, uh, we're missing that trophy. We're going to have to get it to you. We just gave you – I forgot what that trophy was. We'll get it to you. <laughs> and then um, I'm on. No, no big deal. I'm just already so happy that I won, right? And then they're like, Someone came over to me and they're like, uh, "You're not going to be able to give Gina her award." I'm like, "Why? That's why you guys flew me here." They're like, uh, "Well, we'll let you know in a bit. Just sit tight." So they're going through all their awards and they're like, "Rising Action Star Award of you know 2009 or eight or whatever it is." Come Lee, I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so I walked away with like two 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 prizes there, and, and cool. I was like stoked, and I realized. Hmm, you know, maybe I might have, uh, you know, a chance to do pretty good in this world. And, you know, what do you know from Dragon Eyes, you know, parts started coming and, and then, you know, uh, the, the, the fights were more challenging, more demanding. And, you know, um, I, I was like jumping from back and forth. And, yeah. and I, I think that was, you know, the hard way to learn, you know, um, taking like two years off this time, you know, doing the Man with the Iron Fist Grandmasters. And and um, and it just didn't work out for me. So I, I went like zero and three, taking over you know eighteen months off in right. in MMA. So whenever I'm like training consistently, I was unbeaten. You right, know, right. and same way as as a, as a professional, I train, I eat, sleep, and train. I would just crush my competition. Uh, the promoter would always have a hard time. They even try to guy, get guys from Iran or or Russia, and you know we or even China like the best, and we couldn't get any good matches. So we just got a you know a, a few of the, the 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 guys that are the weight above that mm -hmm. when I was competing in Sancho, and I would fight them, and you know. Uh, one of the fighters I fought was Scott Sheely. He he was the like the U.S. team member at the weight above me. Uh, he was one. He was at the 185 weight division. I was fighting at 176 at the time, and so we ended up fighting twice just because you know it was hard to get matches and and stuff like that. So when Scott Coker and started promoting MMA, I was part of that event, and we made history, being the biggest North American gate. You know, over eighteen thousand seats sold. Uh, Frank Shamrock was the main event, and I was a co-main event, and that's kind of like that's the career that started. And I just jumped back and forth from fighting MMA and doing movies, and now I'm full time, uh, full time doing movies. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I still had two fights after my UFC contract, but as everyone knows, you know, the, the BS that went on yeah. with them because you know, I didn't sign an eighteen month extension this is what i believe so they try to you know throw me under the bus saying that i tested positive on yeah. the hgh and you know if i'm gonna take something why would i take hgh i'll be taking what the, those other fighters are getting busted for right. you know I'm not naming any names but i'll be taking what they're taking right 
And then, so after they, Dr. Caitlin jumped on and says, Kung Lee is a, uh, he, his test is normal because if you're going to test someone for HGH, you have to test them in the morning when they fasted and, you know, you tested them right after his fight and yeah, his right bleeding and, and then heart rate and his heart rate's up. So his HGH level is going to be up looking at thing. He even posted his test on the, you know, on, uh, I forgot what, uh, whether sure dog or one of the, um, news uh mma news right i left my my test results out there and i even retested another test result to see show them that the numbers are all the same except one test when i was tested after the fight and right. one test i tested when i was fasted all the numbers were similar and the only thing that was off was my hh level was normal on the one where i tested the right way right. and um you know and of course after that ufc had to, you know, pull my suspension, and then, uh, then they offered me a fight real quick to kind of, you know, like here, let us give you a treat. You can go and and fight in in Texas. I'm like, yeah, no, at this time, I think, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for all the fighters. I'm gonna, uh, you know, represent this class action, and then uh, I'm gonna push the Ali Act for the, from from. Um, boxing to mma because if my kids were gonna fight i would never want them to go through this right and i just had a bad taste in my mouth and what they did was wrong and they do that to a lot of fighters and that's why i'm standing for all the fighters um in mma and and in combat of sports because the ollie act will protect everyone and this class action is for all the people who's been done wrong in the ufc and all the people who's Actually, all of them has been done wrong. Believe it or not, even Connor's done wrong, even though he's made so much money. But look what he made in boxing and look what he's right. uh, expected to make in MMA. It's like 10%. Yeah. It's not even right. And UFC takes the 90%. So, you know, things got to change. And what's what's the more honorable fight? Two, two more fights, finishing off my contract, going to Bellator and fighting over there for what? So I can be that 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 old fighter that you know the young guys can build off on you know i feel like you know i'll always be competitive but sometimes you gotta listen to your wife and you gotta listen to you know what's happening and and see the sign in your path and you go down the right path and 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 you make the right moves not just to benefit yourself but you benefit other fighters and you benefit the sport and you benefit you know of of the for the fans too so they can get the, the best of each fighters with the Ollie Act, a promoter can bid for certain title fights and for certain fighters, and then it'll be fair market value. And now the fans get the best out of it. So not only did I do it for the fighters, I did it for the sport, and I did it for the, for the fans. Yeah, it's great. And so I said, you know, sure, I got two or three more fights in me. Sure, I can make a lot of money, but I can make a lot of money as well if I hit the right movie and by hitting the right movie there's not enough movies in hollywood so i'm gonna go and find funding and produce and and write my own scripts that with the character that i plan to portray and uh the arc that he's gonna have in the movie and why the fans and and the people are gonna gravitate towards his his path and his and his journey uh to see if he's going to make it at the end and to see what changes he's going to bring to this movie and into the life of the movie is going to be, you know, my reward as, you know, a project to develop a character, to develop the storyline around this, 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 this character in the movie and to bring out, you know, the best of, 
the you know the the action the character and the acting for the audience to enjoy yeah now i mean you're you you stood up for fighters and uh in in an, in another sense you're standing up for uh asian representation in hollywood too right and you're you're writing you're choreographing uh you're producing but uh you're giving uh, a voice uh in an industry where we've had a lot of this going on recently where asians don't quite have that voice representation that that we deserve you know what i mean yeah totally i yeah it's you know it's it's a it's a double-edged blade here right you know we're in their world and we have to follow their rules um but the ones who continue to follow their rules will continue to be the triad the yakuza right the the guy who makes the other character look good right and the one who's going to think outside the box, the one who's going to, you know, pick up that shovel and dig and push and search for that piece of gold, that piece of gold being the investor, mm-hmm. someone who believes in, in that person, believe, believe in, in his vision and his, his drive to make a character that is will represent the Asian, but not just the Asian, but the whole minority, the whole, just, just why people watch a movie. Right. And when you, when you find that nugget, the job is not done. Now you have to mold that nugget and you have to turn it into something valuable. And by molding it, you, you get the script, you pull all the best characters and you give each character a life, a story, an arc. And you make this movie so rich with flavor of each character, whether you're he's an assassin or he's the protagonist, and and you just run with a different way of making a movie where not everything has to be so Hollywood, not everything has to be so. Wires because I have the talent to do stuff, and if I find the right guys, if I'm able to cast the right talent, athleticness, the martial arts, the the, the whether it's a gunfight, I bring in the best g- real gunfighters to to fight against or to to overlook the scene, and I bring in the best tactical, the best commando, the best you feel every piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. with the right part. Right. You're going to have the, the right movie. It doesn't matter what the budget is. It doesn't matter if you're doing a short film and it's free and you're doing it off your hard labor. If you put all the pieces and all the pieces line up, you're going to have a, you're going to have magic. Yeah. And, and that's what I plan to do. Good. And, and uh, I mean, smart audiences will, will notice that integrity in the, in the part, right? When when you put the right people in the right parts and they're being trained by people that know what they're doing, that translates in the performance. Yes. Yes, yes, you know. I mean, it's not that easy to do, right? Sure. You just got to keep looking. You got to keep searching. And, you know, sometimes you think you find the right guy and you don't, sure. right? I, I, For my short film, I thought I had the right guy. Now I'm going to have to reshoot the whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, things happen and you just got to go with it. And some people, like, it stops them in their tracks and they're like, oh, God, why me? Well, you still woke up this morning. You got a roof over your head. <laughs> you, you know what? Do you, what's the guy who's gonna say who doesn't wake up 
Yeah. And he and and he wakes up in the other side of the dimension on some other, you know, whether he's in hell or in yeah. limbo or he's in heaven. Like, oh, what happened? Yeah. Why me? Right? Yeah. You just woke up. You just have another day. Make the best of it. Yep. Right? Do something. Get make make something out of the day. Do something productive. Make make it make it come together for you. Dig your own path. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that and that's what I got to do. And like, you know, for sure, I can go be the bad guy, you know, go go fight Channing Tatum and fighting, go go, um, you know, even Asian versus Asian me and Donnie Yen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was kicking his ass and I got caught in some footlock and and, you know, or or um, in Pandorum where I was finally playing the good guy, save the world. But some little alien creature cuts my neck <laughs> and right. and, um, you know, people are all upset about that. But they're upset because I did my job. Right. I, I right. played that character where they're so mad that I'm no longer existing in this world, in this movie. They got upset. Yeah. And so I did my job. So yeah, let's, um, let's, let's play off of that. That, that short film that you're talking about, uh, is codenamed the dragon. Codenamed the dragon. But the great thing about this, it was actually started out with targets. It's called targets, but I changed the name because I had a little bit of issue with one of the actors on there which is no longer with the project so um so they don't try to come back and say hey you know because of me this project moved forward no it's because of me i put it all together i've been working on this for four years and and so i i revamped it we're about to shoot again and we're this is for the investor to see what we can do and that's how much they're going to put out to you know in in believing in this so already this is almost like us warming up mm-hmm. to what we're going to do next year. Yeah, the little that I've seen of it was intense. I mean, it's like balls to the wall intense. Oh, that was an old movie that I actually did for fun. And cool. that was like the same character, but where his life is at the moment, right? So now it's the same character, but now this is like the 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 prequel where he's everything that happened to him is happening and what is he going to do with it it's like we it's like the world we live in right is it safer than before no i think it's actually more dangerous than ever before so i'm taking everything reality wise and i'm taking like hey there's bombings here there's killings here there's you know people dying left and right everywhere and 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 the world that we live in they're 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 living inside a bubble Oh, it'll never happen to me. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be uh, unsituational awareness. I'm just gonna walk around, not looking to my left, my right, because that can never happen to me. And bang, it happened to you. And the next person, oh, that would never happen to me. And it happens to them. And people are not aware enough. And so this is the character who who is kind of like, yeah, this would never happen to me. You know, I'm a cop. Um, you know, I'm just doing my job and I, I'm happy with my family and all of a sudden it happened to you. What are you going to do? Yeah. How are you going to make a difference now? Yep. What are you going to do now when you are presented with this opportunity to get justice for what happened to your family? Yeah. Are you going to go and live a, a normal life or are you going to try to bring justice and try to change and make a difference? So that's kind of like the short plot of what's going to happen. I can't give you too much, but I guarantee you (laughs) as everyone loves 24 seven because they see the character training and the, the champion being built on a boxing 24 seven, the road to UFC. Why does everyone love that? Right. 
we are going to have the character and we're going to see how he becomes who he is. Oh, I love that journey. That's, you know, that's to see something develop from nothing. That's, you know, that's, that's where that adrenaline comes in, right? Actually from something right. that he has at the moment, but when it's taken away and, you know, a lot of times people get it taken away, but they have no path because it, now they are kind of left in kind of like limbo, right? Yeah. So, but this guy does have a path. It's a path that he never chose. That's why the slogan to the movie is called, I never chose this path. This path chose me. Yeah, cool. But are, am I going to walk down this path? Will I go through all the sacrifices and all the hardship and all the pain that I just experienced losing all my family, but now a different kind of pain to get to this place where I become the modern day warrior, not because I'm the best that I'm taking out of this guy, but I still have to use my head in order to, to defeat the enemy. You know, you're, you're, you're struggling. Why do you do the things that you do? Why is this person doing this? Why is he picking up a gun? Why is he going to attempt to kill someone for what reason? What this is his journey. This is his journey. And, you can't just get there and then all of a sudden, you know, which every single movie, like it's basically every single movie is like the guy's already who he is. He's that badass already. But everyone wonders how how did John Wick become John Wick? Sure, you can watch YouTube and he trained with Terran Tactical. Yeah, sure, I trained with Terran Tactical. I trained with Terran, amazing shooter. I trained with a, a few Special Forces guy. I recently trained with one and I... I'm about to train with another one. I'm trained from the army branch to the navy branch. I'm going to train with them all, and I'm going to do my own 24/7, and I'm going to show everyone the journey that I had to take to become this guy. Yeah. Because I don't want to just, you know, be in character. I want to like, okay, yeah, sure, waterboard me for 30 minutes. Let's see if I last. <laughs> you know, kick my stomach in, punch me in the face. I've been punched in the face before. Yeah. You can't hurt me. You 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 can't break me this way. You got to find different other ways. Yeah, sure. Let's 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 take it to another level. So that's kind of like what I'm gonna be. I, that's what I've been doing for the last two years, trying to take myself to these different places and and you know meeting different operators and different you know special forces guy and very helpful with knowing like the the, the owner of uh, Zev. Uh, guns, uh, Al, Alec Wolf, and knowing the people that I know. Now, teaming up with Evoke Tactical, they make solar panel bags, they make amazing military stuff, and they know a lot of people. They know the guy who created low light for the Navy SEALs and the tactics of that. And guess what? I'm getting all these top guys involved. And now you're going to have a movie that isn't a Hollywood budget, but it's enough to make people be like, holy, excuse my Vietnamese, <laughs> shit. <laughs> what the fuck did yeah. we just watch? That was amazing. That's cool. That's that's my goal. No, and we're going to do that next year. Evoke Tactical. I'm I'm telling you, people, when, when they watch a movie and they're like, oh, Jane Bond's got a cool thing, but that never would never happen, right? When you see Evoke Tactical and you see, oh, how did he have that armor? How? What kind of bag is that? Wow, it's got solar panel, and you know uh, how how is that bandage? Man, if that bandage can stop a pain from uh, a, a, a nine and it go back down to two, can you imagine if my kid scraped his face falling off his skateboard, and then you put that bandaid on it? How would that work there? That's it's, cool. Yeah. It's it's, it's going to be a game changer. How I'm going to implement like 
what technology is really out there That's in, cool. in a movie like this. That's cool. How, how are these glasses changing from no color to completely dark? Yeah. And how is it ballistic? Wow. That's awesome. No, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, um, I hope that gets done quickly, sooner rather than later. <laughs> it's going to happen. Cool. You know, um, you know uh, I, I'm only telling you the surface of yeah. what the whole story is, right? You don't even know what this guy has to go through, yep. um, uh, his journey, uh, cool. and the, the, the stuff, the, the James Bond type of stuff. It's really out there. Yeah, and I'm gonna showcase it. That's cool. And then I'm gonna do a little behind the scenes for everyone to say, "Hey, <laughs> this stuff really works." <laughs> so you don't you you can't just have imagine it like, "Oh yeah, sure, whatever." Because a lot of times I'm like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Like if 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 I'm about to fight someone, right? I my coaches come in and we coach against me. How would I? How would my opponent take my weakness and pick me apart and and attack me? So I I kind of use that same formula how would i pick apart this scene what would people think about the scene yeah sure that, that there's no way that there's a bandage like that or oh, there's no way that that kind of armor will protect that that's cool. well it's really it really does it's really out there that's gonna be look. cool to see yeah so yeah nice all right so let's move away from film for just a second i recently interviewed uh, someone you know gabriella wright she starred in the Studio Plus web series, The Way. You work with her again in security with Antonio Banderas. And she mentioned that while you were training her, you, in her words, kicked her butt. So which do you prefer? Do you prefer training or do you prefer acting? Or, or is it uh, just two sides of the same coin for you? I, I believe it's two sides of the same coin, right? You, you're, you meet someone on set. All of a sudden they ask you, what do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do this? Well, then you got to show them. Then when you show them once, they're like, hey, can you train me again? I'm like, well, if it works out, if our, our if time permits, now we're, you know, we, we become friends. And I pick her mind in, as, an, as an actor, right? right. I want to learn. And in return, I give her great training. Right. So we, it's like a give and give because, you know, like I'm one of those guys that give, 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 give. And I want to pick your brains. Why do you think this character is this way? Or, you know, let's do some lines. Let's let me understand more about acting because I want to, I'm one of those guys that from enter a room, whether it's martial arts, whether it's learning about something, cooking or, you know, being a father or being a better husband, I, I need an empty teacup and I want to be a better actor. I want to be that actor that can really fight, can really shoot, can really move, can really clear a room, can really do what I do in the movie, but in real life. So, you know, me and, me and Gabrielle got along great. We, you know, talked about character. We talked about things, and you know, uh, we became good friends. That's and cool. you know, I trained her, and you know, when I train, you you either lash or you don't. Right. And she she lashed. She's a tough girl, and you know, it was it was awesome to work with her. And I, I look forward to working with her again. I'm probably gonna hit her up for this movie. Yeah, she mentioned that uh, she really she fell in love with martial arts because of all that exposure to it. Yeah. That's cool. yeah, you, you sp spread the word and spread a part of you out there, right? Because yeah. when you're six feet under, your skills and your mindset goes nowhere. Speaking of that, uh, is there anyone that you really want to work with right now? Is there a dream role that you know that you need to do? I'm about to do my dream role. Cool. You know, but I, I, I feel like every role that I take on, it's like a, a dream role because when I wake, wake up every day and I have something – um, to look forward to because there's a roof over my head already. There's food in the refrigerator and my kids 
are full and my wife takes care of everything for me to do what I get to do, yeah. I'm already blessed. So yeah, if I have to play a role, I have to play that role to the best of my ability. But definitely this part, Logan Lee, you know, um, how he becomes who he is, is the dream role. Because cool. I've been working on this character for the last two years, and I finally put it together. And you know, I'm starting to put the team together. I'm weeding out the the weak links, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm making sure everything is strong and solid before we move forward. And I, I I'm going to shock the world. Awesome, can't wait. Now, what about actors, actresses that you want to work with? Like, you, I mean, you've worked with a lot of great people. You worked with Donnie Yen, Scott Atkins. I've worked with um, Donnie Yen, Scott Atkins. Okay. Oh, you know, directors like Wu Ping, Wong Kar Wai, you know, all the directors I work with were, were amazing, right? For me, you know, just because they're like some awesome, amazing director, you know, let's see where I catch what director at what stage in his life. Because, you know, everyone is driven. And when they've gotten there, are they still driven? You know, so I want to meet those people who are still driven and to inspire to do more great things. Those are the ones I want to work with. Cool. And and the up and coming, I want to work with those guys too. You know why? Because they're hungry. Yeah. They sure. they want something and they're going to work extra hard for it. But, so when you're around that, you're around people who work extra hard and they're not lazy. They're, they're the first one on set. They're the last to leave and they're respectful where a trash is laying around. They don't walk past the trash because, you know, they that someone else is job to pick it up they're the one picking it up putting it away helping someone those are the people that i want to be around yeah. you know i, I want to be around positive people you know and in this world there's a lot of negative people there's a lot of people that are entitled you know it's like please get over yourself yeah. you know let's make yeah. a movie and let's get along and and you know cool. be that nice person don't be that person who it's too hot one day you got to have your pa hold hold an umbrella over your head you know go out <laughs> get some sun yeah catch some sun get a tan shit you know <laughs> all right yeah. you know what i'm talking about right of course man you feed off of that good energy right the positive energy yes yes totally yeah that's cool all right let's do something a little lighter now uh, uh you ready to do a lightning round i'm just gonna throw a couple of things at you and uh, just give me a short answer and uh let's see where it goes is that cool all right all right uh, favorite acting role so far? Uh, whatever I can do as a beast mode. Um, Pandora. Cool. All right. Favorite breakfast role in the morning? I don't eat uh, any kind of carbs in the morning. Sorry. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Uh, Voltron or the Thundercats? Voltron because my son's been watching Voltrons. Nice. All right. Uh, five Deadly Venoms or the Jackson 5? Five Deadly Venoms. <laughs> Me too. All right. Kung Lee versus Bruce Lee. In a pizza eating contest. Kung Lee dominates pizza <laughs> easily. Yeah. Nice. All right. True or false, Snoop Dogg was once considered for the lead in Savage Dog. False. <laughs> um, and we got to talk about that movie too, by the way. But um, I'm going to edit this one out if you get this wrong. But uh, what's the best podcast out there about Kung Fu and martial arts movies? Your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> all right yeah um so let's talk about savage dog that's something that uh, you recently uh you recently worked on with uh, scott atkins yeah you know um a friend of mine jesse johnson uh i was looking at him to direct uh codename the dragon and we were talking about it and uh, jesse johnson had this opportunity and he took this uh part on and it was uh, savage dog and scott atkins was the lead and he asked me to play a character and i did him a favor and i really enjoyed my character and 
and uh, got a chance to fight Scott Atkins, and that was like a, a like a, an actor martial a martial arts actor that I wanted to compete against, and I got a chance to do it. Cool, that's cool. So, what else are you working on right now? And uh, aside from uh, Codename the Dragon, what else is coming down the line from Kung Lee? Well, I believe in December, Europe Raiders should be done. Um, it's a Wong Kar Wai produce. Uh, Jingle Ma's directing, and uh, Tony Leung is the lead. And there's a huge ensemble cast, but you know, I really love my character. I got a chance to be uh, Jija, who's the star of Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're brothers and sister, and we team up, and you know we kick a lot of ass. And um, you know that when that comes out, I think that should be a, a massive hit. Uh, it's called Europe Raiders. And then, uh, you know, I was uh, I enjoyed my time with uh, my buddy Daniel Wu on Into the Badlands. And I'm so happy for him that he has season three coming up and they're filming it now. You know, I'm you know, a lot of people are bummed about my uh, character, you know, getting, um, you know, a splitting headache. (laughs) Yeah, splitting headache in, in part two. But you know what? It just opens up me to really go all out on this character here and i think this character is gonna bring a different dynamic he's gonna bring a little humor and a little you know you know where people can be very passionate about the way he acts he's a he's every guy's guys right and you know i think uh you know the girls will dig him and you know he's he's you know he's very loving towards his wife and his family he's that guy who he you know he I'm just portraying myself in his, in in his character. Yeah. Now you've also got a clothing line, yeah? I don't have a clothing line. I just have a a Kung Lee shirt line, but I'm promoting and I'm the brand ambassador of Evoke Tactical okay. and Evoke Tactical has many partners like uh Aurora and uh you know um MT um You got uh, the Sanda King t-shirt out there right yeah the sound of king is just you know the like uh my my friend al capone he you know came up with the design and and we put it out there and uh represent picked it up and they asked us to do shirts and we did three different shirts for them and and it's doing very well you know um but uh, I'm 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 very excited about Evoke Tactical because with Allure shirts, um, it's glow in the dark. You go out in the sun for a bit, and then you then you go in a dark room, completely dark, and you literally glow. Wow, cool! It's amazing. So you know, like I said, Evoke is the next level, of not just tactical but survival. Awesome. Yeah, because the world we live in, you never know. Look what happened to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Look what happened yeah. to Texas. Look mm-hmm. what happened to Florida. Yeah. It could be right at our doorstep next. Are you prepared? Does everyone have a go bag? Does everyone, you know, have a, a full-on medical kit? You know, if that happens and someone's looting, are you equipped to defend yourself? Are you, you know, it's just this is the world we live in. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, where can my audience go to find out more about you and everything you got going on? My uh, Instagram handle is kunglee185 and Twitter, same thing. And I have a Facebook that, you know, um, it's just kunglee. And right. you'll see the blue check. And if any other fake kunglees out there, they don't have a blee check. Right, right. And uh, your website is? Kungleeofficial.com. Cool. Awesome. Kung Lee, thank you so much for taking some time out. Uh, it's so awesome to, to feel the energy. And when you talk about your projects, I'm excited for the stuff that you got going on. I'm looking forward to Codeem the Dragon. Best of luck with that. And uh, best of luck with everything else you got going on. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Much thanks to Kung Lee for sitting down and talking with me. I think you can tell the guy's got a lot of passion for the stuff that he's working on. 
and I'm excited to follow along and see what else he puts out there. Check him out at kungliofficial.com and let him know that you listened to him here on this show. If you liked what you heard, let me know too. Head on over to iTunes and leave me a rating or review or holler at me on all the social media and let me know who else you want me to try and invite on the show. Catch me on the Twitter at Kung Fu Drive-In, the Instagram at Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, the Facebook, the email, or the Telegram. If you know Semaphore, you can try that too. Bonus points if any of you listening even know what Semaphore is. That's it for this episode, guys. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little bitch soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here. The pass, not the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, David is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster. The child a little drink because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie Chung is finer. Golden Swallow has arrived. Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight, may as well pick the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampire's back. We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword, and our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style. Yeah, the Feed the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow But she is in the dragon but in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless Unleashed. The fist of legend that the car Jet Lee I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place so with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk